This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Episode is Body of Lies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the movie Microscope, and we are doing the film Body of Lies. My name is Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, Mr. Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you? Pretty good. But we're not alone today. No. We have the rascal himself, Mr. John McCarrowitz. John, how are you doing? Doing wonderful, Nick. How about you? Very good. What I was going to maybe, we could just say his initials and then have some some guesses. You know, like, can I keep a secret for a minute? We got mm. JM here. You know no. what I'm saying? Oh. No. Okay. John McCarrowitz. Any other famous JMs other than me? Yeah. Who? Uh, oh, yeah, God. Joe Morgan. Ah. Cincinnati Reds. Jesus. Hall of Famer. How could I forget? Joe Morton. Joe Morton, star of Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Mon... What's the guy? Anna? Joe Montagna? No, but the, the guy... <laughs> Sof- <laughs> Sofia Var- Vergara's husband. Joe Manganiello? Yeah. Yeah. That's a JM. What's some Jason Morhees? <laughs> I thought I said I thought I said famous though. <laughs> Jay Moore? Jay Moore. Yeah. Jay Moore, that's right. Jay Mascus? Yeah, Dinosaur Jr. Mm-hmm. Um Nick's hip. Did you hear that? I, 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 I love Jay Mascus. Um Jason Mobards. <laughs> yeah. R. I. P. Died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh we're here. To talk about uh, the movie Body of Lies. Now, if you guys don't know the concept of movie microscope, uh, what we want to do is we want to zoom on in. We don't want to dwell on those gigantic moments in films that you well know. Like if we were going to do like Gone with the Wind, we're not going to have like, frankly, buddy, we ain't giving damn here. You know, or like if we're doing, you know, if we're doing like Close Encounters, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to. Talk about mashed potatoes. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the way that the fucking. They they get into the aliens into the aliens car at the end. I think it's yeah. a hair. Yeah. So no, we're 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 talking about the subtleties, the little moments, the things that make a movie great or bad that aren't the million dollar set pieces or the love scenes or the famous lines. You know. But so, then also then we're going to talk about those big scenes too. Well, I mean, we're <laughs> just by the concept alone, we're setting ourselves up to fail. We're getting we're going microscopic, but then you said we're also going to zoom out and talk about the big stuff as well. Well, no. That's what I want to do. We're going to pretend as if we're we're bringing you something special and and kind of intrinsic that kind of gives you a new perspective on a film. And at the end of the day, we're probably just going to beat the same fucking dead horse right. that you're like, familiar we're with. Pretend we're going to deep dive into the themes of the film, but we're just going to talk about who DiCaprio is dating. It's like it's kind of like we're taking you on a date and we say we want to get to know you, but really we want to we want to sleep with you. 
fuck. <laughs> oh. Gentlemen. <laughs> so, Body of Lies. But you want to talk a little bit about who Mr. John McCarrowitz is a little bit here? He's a, okay, so, he's a friend of ours. Okay, so Body of Lies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's guesting. He's our first guest. Yeah, he is. Yeah, exciting. I mean, I, I asked him. What are some other famous JMs? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to say about yourself, John? Yeah, why don't you give us a little synopsis? Yeah, just known these guys for a while. Big movie guy. Uh, make music with Nick from time to time. And, um, yeah, happy to be here to talk about one of the greatest movies of <laughs> 2008. And you're an elementary school teacher. Uh, you know what? I don't remember one of them. No, I was saying that's what you are, but you're not. That's not what oh, you do. I was I making, up, you, I was I making up a career. I remember all my elementary school teachers. You do? Yeah, Miss Garvey in first grade. Yeah. Stevens Mallory and Freet in second grade. Say that I had uh, Stevens. It was I had three teachers. Oh. Stephen Mallory. Were you Freet. special? Because normally in first or second grade, it was grade, a combined classroom. And no, then I had Miss Jackson so for third grade. Had Miss Murphy for fourth grade. Oh, guess yeah. guess who I had? I had Miss Lord. Listen, listen. Here's here's two teachers' names from my middle school. I hate those fucking people. I had Mrs. Hertz. Hell yeah. And Mrs. Payne. Those are two teachers I had in middle school. Sweet, though. They're very nice. They, they, and then they did not live And up the principal to was Torquemada. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, John already spoiled the year of the movie's release. Yeah, he zoomed in. He did. He zoomed super in. So it's uh, 2008, Ridley Scott's Body of Lies. Yep. Or some people, I think. That's they, what they call it. They call it BOL. Like, that's the abbreviation. Yeah, they call mm-hmm. it, yeah. That's, that's, they call it Ridley Scott's Body of Lies. Now, they always, they always, people always put Body of Lies as, like, what, number one Ridley Scott film? Like, right above Alien? Right, or, above, right, right past yeah. a good year. Is it one or two now? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, like I said, uh, I think this movie's forgotten. And for a film that is a Ridley Scott film featuring DiCaprio and Russell Crowe, I don't think people are thinking about Body of Lies lately that the much. The fuck they aren't. You think it's on the tip of their lips? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's a forgotten film. Um, it shouldn't be. I think that's an unfair uh, assessment. By no means is it a um, substantial film, but it's a lot of fun in it, man. And I think this movie in and of itself really lends itself to the movie microscope treatment because what makes this movie great are the small character moments and the kind of eccentricities of some of the characters. But Couldn't well, agree more. Well, I think that people were crying out for a microscope on this one. <laughs> Am I wrong? I think they're crying out, knowing that it exists. I think they think they're crying out in pain and sorrow. I hope they I hope they um, do a movie microscope on Biolife so I can remember one thing about it. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Like, about I think it. Leo's wearing sunglasses on the poster. <laughs> he is. Is it is Crow and Leo on the poster? They're on the poster, right? I think it's just Leo actually. I think it's just Leo. Yeah. I didn't realize I it's, it's just Oscar Isaac. Actually. No, but they yeah they I didn't realize well, it, but they were, he's in the he, he's he, on the yeah, poster. We just need to miss him because yeah. it's, he's a it's fragment. After, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they put yeah actually pieces of his bone. No, never. All right, yeah. So uh, let me get let me run down the cast for this one. Let's Bring it. So Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio plays Roger Ferris. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Russell Crowe, Ed Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Couldn't forget that character. Mark Strong as Hani. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, I can't say her name completely, but it's it's Golshifs. Golsh- uh, Farah Hani as Aisha. She plays mm-hmm. uh, the nurse, the love interest in this film. Oscar Isaac. <laughs> oh, very, very, is? very early in his career uh, as Basam. Uh, and that's it. We got, well, who else do we got? Anybody else? <coughs> That six, those are the you mains. got the guy with the jowls who Leo replaces in the in the base when he's assigned a chief station chief. That's a familiar actor. Mm-hmm. That guy who's got the chi- the jowls, the white guy. 
Um, uh, yeah. And then Carlton from Fresh Prince is in the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no. think so. <laughs> <laughs> What's that guy's name? I can't. I, Carlton, isn't it? Did he change his name to Alfonso Carlton? Alfonso Riviera. Very Ru- fucking Ru- stout. Yeah, you Ru- killed it. I, I think he's Ruvero. on a reality show. You know, he's, he's one of those guys. It's called Why Am I? Now, actually. He transitioned to a game show host, I think. Mm. Oh, for, he, for real. Yeah. Maybe Dancing with the Stars? He's dog shit. No, he's not. He's nice. It's funny. Body of Lies. Uh, the- Let's talk about the premise a little bit, a little bit, because no one's going to remember. So why don't you tell... Yeah, I would say it would be hard for me to do it justice, but essentially it's a CIA character uh, running around the Mideast. He gets in some trouble in uh, Iraq and is sent off to Jordan. Um, but essentially they're trying to infiltrate uh, a cell of uh, Al-Qaeda and take down you know, the, the, the head of that cell, the money guy. Yeah, the big, he's a big terrorist right. that they're trying to take down. He, and he's very... Um, He's very he's un, he's almost like undetectable, right? Because the in the the thing in this movie is is we're very advanced. America is right. very advanced in technology, but but the terrorists have ditched all the technology and that are underground. They're hard to uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They kind of make that point. Thanks that, for burying the lead, though. <laughs> well, Russell Crowe kind of has that moment where he kind of talks about, you know, yes. w- like we're from the future and they're in the past, and that's why you know they're tough to beat because uh, we're thinking with drones and satellites, mm-hmm. and they're passing paper, you know, right. out of dead drops and trash cans or whatever. And so, you know, really to me, the movie just speaks to the futility of war, the patterns of violence, you know, violent begetting violence. And, you know, the movie opens up with that kind of quote of evil done is uh, uh, returned. So, you know, the movie talks and touches around that. But for me, it's the characters, once again, that I enjoy and why I still think that this is a great movie. Yep. Yep. I agree. So, Justin, you weren't as big of a fan Oh, but I mean, that's not. Is it? We're not reviewing the film. We're we're, we're zooming, zooming in. in. Yeah, <laughs> zooming so. in. Okay. Okay. I, first of all, I think it's. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a Leo star vehicle. He's the he's the principal. Uh-huh. Uh, he's an ass kicker. He's right. a, he's a man of action. He gets shit done. Mm. He's on the ground doing work, wearing fuck me pumps, just kicking ass. <laughs> so yeah. what they try to do in this movie a little bit is I don't know, you know what, you know this is ten years ago, and so this is the point into the career where they're trying in, in Leo's career where they're trying to make him out like a guy he's not a little guy he's not a little kid anymore yep he's a he's a badass he's 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 lifted some weights he's got a he's got the facial beard. hair he's got a weird beard um and he's he's a man now please accept him as a man yeah and uh that's what the, the tagline of this poster was is body of lies please accept Leo DiCaprio <laughs> as a man now. it was the, the the original title was look at how full grown his body of lies is <laughs> And let's talk about that beard a little bit more because it's a fucking nightmare. It's a real bad beard. It's like that inbred West Virginia, like, can't fill in all the way because half my DNA didn't make it to the big show. (laughs) Didn't make it to my face. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Didn't get enough pores. He said he was having a tough time with the... Growing a full beard, like he mm-hmm. didn't have a full beard. You're right; it's kind of just scraggly. It's got a wispy I feel it. apparition. I can't really get there either, so I can feel that. Yeah, but I don't see you trying to rock that fucking yeah. stray animal beard. No, but I'm also yeah. He's like he's kind of like living out of a suitcase. Like he's he's kind of has to have that like you know lifestyle where he's he's not always shaving every day. Yeah. Probably not brushing his teeth all the time. He's not cleaning his ears. Well, right? and I did. Oh my god, changes undies. Yeah, and it was sure. sort of adorable that they actually thought that because we're supposed to accept that he can blend in in the Middle East with that beard, right? Because mm-hmm. they gave him a little bit of like a spray tan look too. But it's like nobody's fucking thinking Leonardo DiCaprio. That's actually his name. Is spray tan. There is one. There's one. There's one. Um, Seen in this though, 
that he does do a kind of a Stallone and Night and Nighthawks. Like he, well, does, he dresses in the he, in the gear. He does dress. He dresses yeah in a robe. Like he dresses it to kind of to to uh, sneak up on uh, people that might. He doesn't know yet they might be hostile. Yeah. And, and he's he, speaking the language and he's acting like his, his his dynamo isn't working on his car. Yeah, yeah. He talks about his dynamo. And it works mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah. But then they get suspicious. Well, no, they, Oscar Isaac doesn't give him a chance to do anything because he takes the gentleman out. He does, yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac portrays his his uh, second-in-command on the on the ground. Leo's, Leo's second-in-command, yeah. Yeah, and he's a small guy. He's a little man. So Leo L- is... Literally living out Leo of a suitcase. Is, <laughs> Leo is... Uh, he's he's in the shit where Russell Crowe, the other star of this film, is back home in suburbia, D.C. somewhere, yeah. calling Leo all the time on his phone. Yeah, while, blowing up his phone. Blowing up his phone all the time, saying, are you doing this stuff? Are you getting it? Are you double-crossing people? Are you doing... That's actually quotes from the movie. And, uh, <laughs> and, he, and while he's driving his are kids, you doing stuff? <laughs> kids to carpool, right? He goes, yeah, he's like, I don't know, my kid's dick's peeing. He does help his kid pee at one point. That's another line, right from the, rip right from the script. <laughs> it's experience. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that that's kind of one of my favorite elements of the movie. That you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is quite literally in risk of his life every moment that he's on screen, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Russell Crowe's just sort of the puppet master in pajamas and a robe eating cereal. Well, they're too long. Life or death decisions. And they're working together, but DiCaprio can't trust Crowe because Crowe never gives him the full picture. He's right. always like got backups he's always got other leos like that are doing other things that he's mm-hmm. not telling so so he's you know leo's a little bit on shaky ground mm-hmm. in this oscar isaac his trusted companion he can trust oscar isaac to have his back he can't trust crow too no and there's a period where he loses that like he's not as reliant on oscar isaac well there's a period whenever leo literally has oscar isaac's back yeah um, <laughs> he's actually covered in it yeah, yeah. Covered in his so like back. they're on the ground and there's a couple of great scenes where these two guys are basically they're both they don't know what their future holds they don't know what the next few minutes is going to hold because they mm-hmm. they live in a world where anything explosive could happen at any given moment so there there's some fun banter between the two of them where they're hey you know what if uh, if shit goes down, shoot me in the eyes. You know, so, and they have a. I mean, it's it, and it's truly like you know, like oh, you pussy, make sure you shoot me. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like to your point, this fun little banter. And what for me goes back to like I love CIA stuff. I like watching movies. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Lacari stuff, and we talk about the Night Manager quite a bit. And this movie makes that shit look like a lot of fun, other than the smash fingers and yeah. Oscar Isaac bone fragments uh, lodged inside of you. I mean, some <laughs> looks of the, like it'd be a fun some time. Some of the running around maybe looks kind of fun. Other than that, I think it looks pretty hor- horrible. Oh well. Maybe well, are you saying that you like you would like to kind of have hey you know what the undercover they're like, doing call. the dirty shit. So you could fucking wake up yeah, and go right, to the fucking right. mall, dude. <laughs> <All right>. yeah, <laughs> or that Russell Crowe can go to the mall. Apparently. That's right. He, he's at the mall sometimes. Yeah, he's at the mall kicking but ass. But at the beginning of this film, they get a, a terror. Uh, Leo, uh, he he finds out there's a guy that was going to blow himself up. Right. Like uh, they were going to make uh, the terrorists are going to make himself. He's blow he's himself. he's a terrorist himself. He's more of an intelligence guy, mm-hmm. and sort of the 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 guy comments on I know too much, therefore they're going to martyr me. And, so, but so, he knows enough so that the CIA is not going to kill him. So he said. Up. So he kind of says, "Look, I'm I don't want to blow myself up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys all my. I'm not going to do. It. I'm gonna give you my intelligence. Just protect me, please." And you know, and he's how do they do? Do they do a good job? And so then Leo is like, "Yeah, I'll give you asylum." You know, like and he, of course. And but Crow says Crow's like I'm not even letting him watch a movie by the asylum. Yeah, he's like he said cut him loose. So basically, that's the first indication that you get that the Crow and DiCaprio aren't on the same page. The DiCaprio is kind of operating on his instincts there. He he kind of knows what to do, but Crow is like saying we're gonna cut this guy loose that you promised it to, and we're gonna follow him and see 
when he gets killed, we're going to see who kills him. Yeah, we'll see where he was killed yeah, yeah. is more important than his knowledge yeah. because exactly. that could lead yeah, to yeah. where and the And, of course, was. it forces Leo into a predicament because he's given this guy his word. So now they have to make this guy feel like they're, they're protecting him, and they put him into a situation where ultimately Leonardo has to make a, uh, a snap decision to so Leo, put, put, a, put a bullet in his Leo mind. Leo feels, I think he in the movie, obviously, he feels connected to, that he feels like he's trying to do good, where Crow is doesn't give a shit about anybody. He's just trying to do the right thing. He he's just trying to get his dies. kids to the fucking He doesn't Lion care King. who dies. Right. Yeah. Um, he doesn't care if DiCaprio dies, basically. But he just, he wants things to progress where DiCaprio feels like he's kind of operating on a moral code, right? Like he's, yeah. he's trying to do the right thing morally where Crow does not give a fuck. I like um, to think about, though, those terrorists after they unpack the van and pull their captor out and realize that DiCaprio oh, so cleared yeah. his brain pan for him. So is that one of your moments you like where... I do. I just... There was something to me that struck me as very funny about that. So, you know, they've shot the guy in the leg. They're all excited. This is the they're guy running. that... Yeah, the guy that let go. That's right. PhD. Yeah. And he Who just... Is? And DiCaprio just, like, leans behind... Like, it's funny because there's some, like, guy sipping coffee behind him. He just sort of leans behind a cafe table and just domes the guy. Yeah, so they're... To dra- obviously protect himself because now this guy under Knows torture is, would, yeah. would reveal Leo and, and sort of that whole piece. But... So yeah, he, they try to pull this guy into the van after they shot him, and DiCaprio kills him before they can question him. Because yeah, he knows who DiCaprio mm-hmm. is, but also he you feel get the feeling he's doing it to kind of but, save that because guy. the guy's going to be tortured, tortured ruthlessly. Yeah. That's right. But in reality, um, what would have been a better outcome would be him coming with us and not getting yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. asylum. Yeah, they fucked up. Mm-hmm. They well, fucked up. You know, we we have we haven't fully talked about Oscar Isaac yet, but there's even a moment where Leo asks if something will be done for his family, and you know Russell Crowe's character's answer is essentially, "Well, he's your friend, not mine." Yeah, right. And so the only reason that. Oscar Isaac's family might need to be cared for is because he's uh, driving the car uh, and, and experiences. I mean, he an entire missile. Yeah, he caught a rocket right in the the pants. <laughs> he, he gets. He, there's a moment where Oscar Isaac gets blown onto Leo, into in, just yeah, wetly RPG, blown onto RPG'd, him. RPG'd, and they, the, the car that they're both in gets blown up, but Leo is in the back seat, so he just gets a little blown up. Well, yeah. Where Oscar's in the driver's seat, and he gets a lot of blown yeah, up. Yeah, if you right. if you frame by frame that scene, there's a moment where Oscar ceases to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's sort of out of the picture. Mm-hmm. But he, when he's in the picture, he's fantastic and mm-hmm. very short. But when he's in the, but then we get to see a little bit more of Oscar shortly thereafter. So Leo wakes up in the hospital. He's kind of getting. Uh, I don't know if he wakes up, but he's ta- certainly in the hospital. And there's a maybe a doctor that's kind of uh, tending to his wounds and pulling um, bone fragments from Leo's arm. There's that great line where he says, "Bone fragments, not yours, not yours." And you so know? that is Oscar Isaac's. Yeah. Um, and, and how it, how sweet of it was Leo to take a little bit of that bone fragment and put it in the matchbox and yep. carry yeah, it, it around with him for the rest yeah. of the movie. I mean, that, 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 they were setting up a sequel, which uh, unfortunately the film wasn't successful. But if they had done, if it had done well, there would have been more exploits of of Leo well, with that's, Oscar's bone. That's fragment. a trademark Ridley Scott. I mean, saving the bone fragment. So anytime an actor is blown up in one of his phones, one of the other characters takes a piece of the bone, like in Black Hawk Down. Yeah, yeah, Kim Coates. Yeah, yeah, or like you know, Good Life. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good year and good life. Is it? They changed the title. <laughs> By the way, we missed, we didn't talk about a great little moment uh, in the earlier scenes while Oscar's still among us. Is when Leo uh, gets irate at a satellite, at a drone. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that to me, it goes back to just the disconnection between the folks at home, right? Like, you think about the fact that right as we speak, there's like an army of like 22-year-olds operating drones somewhere in the desert of Las Vegas, you know, mm-hmm. and in some cases taking lives. And so I just love that moment where Leah looks up at the drone and essentially tells it to fuck off. It's ruining his there's operation. A lot of, there's a lot of shouting at, like, uh, the eye in the sky in this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, get out of the way, you're ruining, you're, you know, move it along. And then the eye of the I think it... I think that is the proper term, eye in the sky, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what Alan Parsons Those say. guys, <laughs> Those guys are like, all right, and they move along. Like, you know, there's a lot of overhead shots in this that are... Bird's eye view? Nice. <laughs> yeah, you like those shots. I like those shots, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because this, this all happens in the first 20 minutes of the film. By, the, by, by minute 21, Oscar Isaac's... It's a wrap on Oscar. So you, Isaac. you, t- you, you, you looked at the time when he blow, it got blown away. Yeah, I, I wrote a note. I said at 20, 20 minutes and 41 seconds, said... The uh, the Isaac uh, Oscar Isaac and Leonardo DiCaprio team up is great until it isn't. Um, but it's funny because uh, you know Russell's you know Russell does make a comment. He's kind of offhand about mm-hmm. taking care of, of Mr. Mr. Isaac's family after he's deceased. But he also has offers a little bit of wor- a word of wisdom about the the other man who died, who mm-hmm. Leonardo had to shoot. He doesn't say you know I'm not going to help him. He just says you milked him and he was dry. Yeah, which. I mean, this guy has a PhD, speaks five languages, and that's... Crow doesn't care about anybody. He don't care. He has got no feelings. He's cold. He's a cold individual. You get the feeling that he cares about DiCaprio a little bit. He don't pay... He don't leave fucking... He doesn't leave a check for the milkman at Christmas time. I don't even get the feeling he cares about his kids that much. Remember, he says at one point, he's like, don't have kids. He does say that. He says, don't have kids. He doesn't even like his kids. Well, I think, you know, it's that detachment that's probably necessary to be in that line of work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you got your feelings hurt every time somebody died, you probably wouldn't make it long. But we're we're pretty rough on Russell in this movie. But after Oscar dies, he does like, offer Leo some time off to bang his wife. Now, the, but Leo he, does decline. because he, But Russell knows that he doesn't have a wife anymore. Well, they're divorcing, but they're not quite yet divorced. But he's, he's being sort of a douche even there. Well, I, th- I took it more like take some time off, go bang the wife. No, no, no. Yeah. He's been. Yeah. I think he's being. A I like. I appreciate he's it. He's probably. Just, he's basically just reminding him that he's getting divorced. Is what he's doing. This is a he's basically cook. saying you got nothing else going on. You fuck. He's playing. He's playing those psychological games. Mm. You know, he, whenever Leo does pick up a girlfriend later in this movie, Crow is not exactly thrilled with that situation either, and it well, puts but, fun at him. But I would also say that that probably is a real great opportunity to fuck yourself up. I mean, if you're a spy running around the Middle East, you probably shouldn't, you know, start you, dating the locals. How do you guys feel about after hey, Leo gets out of the hospital, tells the guy that's driving him home that he that he uh, I need to take a shit, I need to shower, and then Peace. I need an internet connection. <laughs> Is that something that is that something that count on after this? Movie? I mean, those are like you think about life? life's essentials. That's pretty damn close. Mm-hmm. What? How would you rank that? Like, what would you be one to three for you on that? Shit, Shit. number one for sure. Yeah, yeah. What was the second? Shower. shower. Well, if you don't shower after you shit, I mean, generally it's speaking, best you to do try it. to That's do that. That's the order you want to go. Yeah, you don't want to shower then kill, shit. Kill two birds with one stone. Have you, you know that? How big is that you, drain? That's true. You take a nice shower and then you befoul yourself right after. It's the worst. <laughs> and then is there is there is there Wi-Fi in that? Show? I'm saying kill three birds with one stone. Oh, maybe it's a back then. Maybe it was that. Maybe because this is ten years old. Maybe the internet connection wasn't as what, a little harder you, to come by. A little bit more of a precious item. What do you suppose, Leo? Little wet works and then a little networks. What do you think Leo's homepage is when he logs in in the movie? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, matchbox bone matchbox.com or something like that or like bone fragment matchbox.com picture bone. of like you know 
friends in pieces. So the cool the cool thing is is they replace one great character actor with another. Oscar exits the picture and Mark Strong enters the picture. That's right. And Mark Strong, this is another this is an early role for him as well, and he absolutely nails it. Although one of the one of the uh, people on the film crew dropped the ball. They probably shouldn't have hired Jeff Healy to do the hair appliances. <laughs> so this is a rare Mark Strong performance where he—it's a hair Mark Strong performance, yeah. right? Because he has a—he's bewigged. He's a very bald actor, and he's like a very handsome bald actor. He—he's he, very like uh, uh, authoritative. Like when he's on screen, he com- he's a commanding screen presence. But they gave him hair here. Yeah. They—they—they—they they, they, they did what they did in the strain with one Corey. Stoll. Let's not compare Corey Stoll Let's to Mark Strong as an actor. Let's do it. They they oh, right. second guess themselves. They hired the actor to second guess themselves, and they put a wig on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it's dumb. Think it's a wrong move? Yeah. It's like when you saw fucking Fred Ward bald. Yeah. He's fucking jacked out. Yeah. In Henry and June, or when Ed Harris and Creepshow's got hair. Who the fuck wants to see that? Mm-hmm. In a previous movie, Microscope, we were talking about how jacked out it is when Sam. When old good old Sam has his fucking mustache gone, Sam Elliott yeah, justified. Yeah. He took his the whole yeah, season. What the fuck's going very on? Sense. So they 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 second guess themselves. They put hair on Mark Strong hair. Now, do you think Mark Strong demanded it? That's what we. I don't, don't know. think he had any Let's zoom clout. In. He didn't have any clout. We need to zoom in. Okay. I can't zoom in. I don't know the answer. Oh shit! Let's make it up. He no, demanded hair. Let's zoom out. <laughs> Ridley Scott says you t- you're going to take this fucked wig and you're going to live with it, Mark Strong. Yeah. He's like, you're lucky. You're lucky. You got a gig, bitch. How about how Mark Strong always refers to Leo as my dear? Love it. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Love it. It is kind of nice. Very it's sensual a, character. Maybe you that's know. the. That's a. Maybe that's a. You know, the, this is based on a book. You know, so maybe the guy did some research and this character that, that was based on. Maybe that's a term yeah. of endearment. Maybe something he used. You never know. Let's zoom in. Let's zoom in. <laughs> zoom in. This was based on a book. Um, so yeah, Mark Strong pl- portrays a. Uh, very uh, powerful. Uh, he's like the head of the secret police of Jordan. Yeah, the, their intelligence. Yeah, yeah. he's the guy that makes sure that they're off, you know Nike completely has different different shoes. So he basically <laughs> doesn't trust Russell Crowe, but he's willing to take a shot with the Capri that just says, "Don't lie to me." Don't which whatever you do, don't lie to me. And what happens? He's what like, happens? He's like, wait, the name of the movie though, you know. But um, and the great thing is, is uh, Mark Strong has is used to being lied to by Mister Ed. Mm-hmm. Not the horse, <laughs> Russell Crowe. And, and so Leo... Did you think it was strange? Let me just... I know I'm interrupting you. Come on, zoom in. So do you think it was strange? Because when he says... Mark Strong is like, don't ever lie to me in this office. This is my real hair. I just want to get that out there. <laughs> this is not a wig. This is, I have real hair. This is real. I know it looks fake. I have a bad haircut. I have a bad haircut, my dear. And uh, he's like, but don't ever lie to me. My hair is real. I don't... <laughs> do you think he should need to keep stepping on that? Probably not, but... Yeah. Um, so, but but he's very impressed that Leo speaks his language. Mm-hmm. He does, yeah. He says says that he's a secret Arab and winks. Mm-hmm. Very oh, sensual. Yeah, yeah. Well, wink. yeah, he he's impressed by Leo. He is. He mm-hmm. is um, until he lies to him immediately, <laughs> almost instantaneously. <laughs> but um, you got to give him credit. You got to give him credit for coming into this movie with two uh, big big actors and holding his own in no a doubt. big way. Kills it. Kills it in that movie. Yeah. Justin, you and I talked about prior to recording, too, but it's probably one of the last times you'll see Mark Strong get cast as an Arab, right? I mean, that kind of type of casting is now sort of not Mark happening Strong as often, makes right? Mark Strong background very British. Very British. Certainly not any... There's nothing in his 
background, it seems, that would put him in I mean, that. we reviewed his 23 and Me, and there was no Jordanian in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a Ridley Scott criticism over his career is that he has mm-hmm. cast white actors in roles that maybe would have been better suited toward someone that was but even still i mean i guess you could example. argue oscar isaac right like he or you can that, argue he has that same thing that uh curtis uh who am i thinking of curtis blow no motherfucker cliff curtis, cliff curtis <laughs> that he they'll have him play like you know a colombian they'll have him play right. like a middle eastern guy they'll have him play really any brown person yeah another thing that i think that, that it's criticized is that mark's strong as a bald man and then he they put hair, hair on him. That's right. <laughs> threw, they threw some fucking hair on him. And that's also... Russell Crowe, did he have a wig too? He had some bad puffy hair, like he had some bad, wispy puffy bitch hair, hair. And he also did the thing that Kevin Smith does where he looks over oh. his reading glasses. Like, that's kind of like a character Kevin trait. Smith. Well, if you watch Kevin Smith, go look at any publicity photo of Kevin Smith, and he has the thing. I think uh, the comedian used to do it too. Who's the uh, comedian that everybody liked that died? Carrot Top. Exactly. No, uh, you know I'm talking about the yeah. political guy. Yeah, yeah. Charlemagne the God. <laughs> There's a thing that these guys do where they have their reading glasses on and they put it low on their nose and then they look up. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like sort of like I don't have time for this bullshit look. Malcolm Jamal yeah. Warner. Okay. Well, Russell Crowe does it throughout the yeah. movie. Carlton and... from Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, th- there's, but then again, Gil Brenner played the Pharaoh in, you know, fucking Ten Commandments. Yeah, well, people fucking play whatever the fuck they, they want. Please, yeah, go way back <laughs> to the fifties. Go back to the, <laughs> to go back the before point. the civil rights era. Yeah. To prove a point, great one. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark Strong, there's this great moment with him, and I thought, I mean, he's obviously a fantastic actor, and even though he wasn't the right, you know, ethnic background for the role, he did a great job with it. But when he takes that kid out into the middle of the desert and gets him to flip on the yeah. terrorist, right? Mm-hmm. He gets he knew him as a kid and he goes and he buys the mom a apartment and food and all this stuff and the implication being the mom won't make it if, you know, the kid doesn't do what they want. Mm-hmm. But they're out in the middle of the desert. Best, you know, your point, they do some pretty high up shots. You could tell the fucking nearest shots, town's yeah. probably like 45 miles away. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And somebody thought to throw a huffy in the back of one <laughs> of the trunks and they literally send the kid off on a bike and then basically dust his ass. They, they, they storm on by him. I wonder if that was I mean, was it seems bike, like that was a little risky, right? Because you just got this guy to flip, and then you just basically totally disrespect him like that. I mean, that was a, that was a gamble. But uh, I, I, I found it very humorous. I can't believe the terrorist fell for the old Huffy trick. <laughs> How many times are they going to get away with it? I think it might have been his bike, though. So, but what do you think? They just grabbed him off the street? But, like, would they bring the bike with them? Maybe. I mean, how did the bike get to the desert, I guess, is what I'm getting at. I don't know. That is a... that is a Like, I don't know if, like, they're snatching the kid off of the street, if they would think to also grab the bike. They'd probably say, fuck that guy. He and he, and he wasn't really a kid. He was a, in his late 20s. Well, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I guess I say kid because, you know. Yeah. He's, he's, he's still crying resident. about his mom. And, like he's, and, he's, and he's riding a bike like a fucking silly man. Yeah. No adult rides a bike, Nobody, right? Uh, Get not, the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, one of our favorite scenes... Mm-hmm. If you want to zoom in. I think this is a great opportunity to zoom in. In fact, I know Justin has some intel on this one. That's not where I was going. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, well, let's zoom in. Let's zoom in. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. There's a great scene where we discover what Russell watched on his flight over from America. So Leo, Leo obviously lives a life of intrigue, danger. So if somebody infiltrates Shitting, his home, showering. that person's probably going to die. Mm-hmm. But he almost, I mean, he walks into his house and there's an intruder. Luckily, it's Russell Crowe, who he's on the phone with at the time, and nobody dies. That's right. But instantly, we discover that he has flown over from America to see his friend, 
his uh, his employee, mm-hmm. and uh, Leo is nice enough to ask how the flight was. And Mr. Russell Crowe says that he watched that Poseidon. <laughs> now we thought on the this, flight over. We thought this stuck out because it's such a strange. Because we Nick this I, this is the embodiment of movie microscope, by the yeah. way. That Russell Crowe mentioned seeing the Poseidon that on Poseidon. his way <laughs> that Poseidon to a, to to the Middle East. So that is a very strange reference, um, and so. What do you yeah. think he did for the other twelve hours of That's that true. too? That's like, true, right? <laughs> just kept watching. I just that. watched the Poseidon over and over again. So he, so here's, here's Kurt Russell dies in that. I mean, to zoom in too much. <laughs> so I'm gonna zoom in. Okay. So I zoomed in. I googled this because uh-huh. that's how I zoom in. And apparently that scene was longer. Now what had happened was what had happened. What happened was Russell Crowe and DiCaprio were told to kind of improv, like his flight. And so Russell Crowe's throwing out movies like I watched. Yeah, Annie. Yeah, I like like ba- you know, like fucking bats. I listen to movie microscope on yeah, the, that kind of thing. Yeah, like and anyway, so, so he got the studio to like it. They said those aren't Warner Brothers movies. Please, and he gave him a list. And one of the movies on the list was the Poseidon remake starring Richard Dreyfuss and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell and Emmy Ross. No, was she in it. Yeah, she was. Oh, she kills it. Nice one. Who else? Uh, Freddie Rodriguez. Is he in there? Freddie Rodriguez. No, he don't float. Um. Anyway, so. Oh, you know who was in it? Josh Lucas in there. Josh Lucas? Yes. <laughs> you love Josh Lucas. Oh, my God. He might have been the star of that movie. Uh-uh, Tad. Uh-uh. Nope. Kurt Russell was not the star. I think Lucas is the star. No. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the Gene Lucas. Hackman of that movie? I think he's the star. Anyway, so... Kathy Bates is the Shelley Winters. So Russell Crowe picks that movie out, and he says... He's, this is And they cut... This was an interview on Letterman. He talked about this for some reason. He said... He said, I watched Poseidon, and DiCaprio says, how was it? And he says, he said, he said basically, it was, um, uh, let me, as I scroll down here, he said, uh, how was it? I said, it was like watching a Greek girl get a bikini wax. I had no idea when it was going to end. That was his ad lib, okay? <laughs> now, they cut it out. Mm-hmm. So now he just, in the movie, is just promoting the remake of Poseidon. He goes, what did you watch on the way over? That, what, Poseidon. that Poseidon movie, the end. He just did that Poseidon. But and what? But what was sort of interesting, in a way, like now that I know that story, I think it's hysterical. It's but amazing. Actually. It goes back to just in. the almost like way they treat this shit with pure boredom. Yeah. Like it's just some banal thing that oh, you know, flew over to the Middle East, watched the fucking Poseidon, decided who was going to die. You but know, they today. did give him a list of movies. The, they wanted him. Like to, I wonder what the other movies on the list were. What they, else did Warner Brothers release? That's what I'm that saying. Year? They yeah. wanted him, Malibu's most wanted because by the is as a they didn't want him to mention a. a Another a non Warner Brothers right, movie, so right. he so they gave him a list, and then he's ripping the Warner Brothers movie, right? And then they decided to like, well, we just got to keep it straight up, like he's praising that. I think it'd be great movie. if he said like Urban Legend Final Cut, and Leo shows more enthusiasm than when, when Oscar Isaac died. I like the fact too that they were in a boardroom at some point at Warner Brothers and like having a discussion, and they're like probably really upset at Russell Crowe because you know compared. Can't movie believe we almost got him promoted. Harry Broad's uh, <laughs> vagina. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like can't believe he shat, shat on the that Poseidon movie that we did. <laughs> and we're talking about how this movie was a failure. Uh, crushed Poseidon. It crushed it. The funny thing is, though, I did hear that they're doing an ultraviolet uh, director, oh, director's cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's exactly 14 seconds longer. Yep. Yeah. So they did add that back in. So you'll be happy to know. Um, they didn't fix anything else. They just added that. Yeah. Seconds. <laughs> but I, I think that Crow going on Letterman talking about this scene specifically, he must have been impressed with his ad lib. And his ad lib isn't that... I don't think it's that good. It sounds... 
You can, pretty it's awful, amazing. Actually. It's sort of yeah. It's I mean, we're like, talking about it. It's within his character. Oh, his other his other. I guess it's in his character, like because right. that guy's such a dick. That he would well, say it's just like so that. funny too. I mean, it, it, it puts things in context, right? So this guy is making decisions that cost lives, and, and he just casually, meant, you know, he just watches the. Just like a, it's just like a. It's like a race, kind of a racist pubic hair joke. It's like a weird. It's like, yeah. And plus, then why are you, why are you the Greeks like that? Plus, why are you watching it in the first place? You're watching a bikini wax happen. I mean, not exactly like erotic. You know? it, it, there's there's probably things to be social justice about, but maybe not that. I mean, it's fine. They're no, proud of their puss. They're proud of their puss. No, I'll, I'll step up. I'm zoom in. She was so proud of me. She I'm wants to show in. off. She's waxing. How it up. dare him? I'm well, zoom in. What a dick. We better, tra- probably a better hairpiece than strong. <laughs> We talked about this a little bit before, though. Um, but the idea that Crow does actually care for Leo in some way, it seems, right? And they have sort of a relationship where, you know, obviously they can fight and Leo's very frustrated. But it's almost like, like a father-son it's dynamic. Like an odd couple type. Well, yeah. And I mean, like, there's that moment where Leo basically kicks him out of a chair and he just, like, rolls on his back. And, he call, you know, Leo calls him a fat fucking piece of shit. And Crow's response is literally, are you quite finished? <laughs> you know? And well, they Crow just sort is- of sit down and have this conversation. Crow's like, you know, I could have kicked your ass ten years ago. There, there was this sort of, like, father-son relationship. Well, you got to wonder if maybe Crow was in that same exact position and that Leo's in now, mm-hmm. you know, and that right at some point. That's yeah. right. Yep he's he's been on he's been in the field. He's been that asset. He's had Oscar's bones in him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I thought that. it was weird that he was like kicked onto the ground and he's trying to shoot, throw out some stuff about pubic long pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense now that I realize what that'd they be funny out. if like the crow is secretly trying to get. That's why he did the water diviner just so we could drop that line into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it is interesting if you think like so he goes on Letterman to I guess promote Body of Lies. Mm-hmm. And this is the story that he landed on. Like yeah. they, because you know, there's conversations prior yeah. to this, right? Like so, this wasn't like some spur of the moment thing. He decided to. By the way, Russell really Crowe is a great it. actor, and he's been in a lot of great films. Mm-hmm. But when you pair him with like a superstar young actor, it doesn't go well. Broken City, this, maybe that's the thing. I mean, this one was. I thought it was. I thought it was a great. This was was a, no, I'm saying it. it's successful wise. It wasn't a successful movie. Oh, the movie. It, yeah. I think it did pretty well. It, it did it not. Made over 100 million. There's no way it made 100. It did. Yeah. Are, you, are you seated? Yeah. We're zooming in, Nick. I zoomed in earlier. And by the way, can, mind if I zoom in? Please. It's the second time we recorded the body of microscope. <laughs> <laughs> microscope. Yes, it is. Yes, that's, that's, that's zoom a in. Zoom yeah, in. that's that's yeah. chair. We recorded a nice hour-long Body of Lies podcast. So it not John- only made a hundred; it made a hundred and twenty million dollars at the box office globally. It just says box office, but it was a sixty to seventy million dollar budget. Sixty-seven point five. How to do in Greece? <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't say. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, to me, this movie is all about the characters and, you know, the little moments. Like, Leo is always referred to as Buddy by Russell Crowe, my dear Mark Strong. But how do you guys feel thing. about the love story in this? Because there is a little bit of a romance angle. I kind of dig got, it. They got Leo in here. He gets he gets bitten by some... He gets... During a fight scene, he gets bitten by some diseased, goddamn diseased dogs. He gets... Impressive. He doesn't just get... He gets bit a lot. He gets bit a lot by these diseased But he dogs. also does his job. Like, that's the thing that they're trying yeah. to tell you about that scene is... Leo's chasing this guy that cannot, simply cannot get away. So he chases him through into this shitty part of town. Of course, the whole town's shitty. But he, he goes over and Take he shivs that, the guy like a million times yeah, while him. dogs are attacking. Climbs over a fence, almost gets away, and gets attacked some more. He gets his legs bit up. He gets so bit away. Goes to the hospital, drags his... No, no, no. He, before he goes to the hospital, he's pissed off on the phone. Yeah. That's but, right. So this is important because I'm glad you said that. This is the first movie that I'm aware of where Leonardo holds the phone in front of his face and fucking screams into are you, it. Are you sure? Yeah. 
Well, if you can tell me another one, I know in Blood Diamond it occurs, and I know it happens in The Departed. Quick, you does, he do it, and does he do it in Quick of the Dead? They worked <laughs> together in that movie. Oh, they did. What's this that? is a reteaming of Quick and the Dead stars. Russell Crowe Russell and Crow DiCaprio. And Leo, that's right, yeah. And Mark Strong. And, and Shannon Stone. <laughs> Shannon, <laughs> Shannon Stone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Annabelle Wallace. Holy shit. Um, uh, but yeah, he's shouting on the phone that he got bit by some god, like some got a goddamn diseased dogs. Yeah. Um, and he just assumes they were diseased because they're dirty. I would probably guess you that attack dogs that are chained up. I'm glad instantaneously attack somebody probably exhibited some rabies like behavior. Drags this uh, bl- bleeding ass to the hospital, and he gets a, a rabies shot from a very attractive. Uh, a beguiling nurse. I don't know about beguiling. I'd, I'd say. What'd you, John? He was beguiled. Break the tie Leo was beguiled. Break the, he was. It's the first I, woman he beguiled. interacts with in the movie. John's on my side on this. Could have been. Could have been anyone. And he's, so uh, he's, a, he's fucking. And he calls, he's got some. He calls the. They're cut out a scene where he's like, "These blue balls ain't gonna solve themselves." <laughs> he, he calls Crow and he's like, "Look, I'm bit to shit. She's about to uh, shoot a uh, some anti rabies shit into my stomach, but." Uh, I think I'm in love, and he's like, "How's the bikini wax situation? Can you give me a, <laughs> well, on a scale of one to ten? How much is she in need of this?" But, I think I'm in love, and then they have their first line of dialogue together. So anyway, she gives him a shot, and like that's the thing; it's a recurring gag in this, in a way that he has to get these painful stomach shots from this beautiful nurse, right? Like, and that's that's kind of like a like a cute little Ridley Scott like cuteness, you know? Like, is that what that is? Isn't that like that's, a hallmark? Is that, is that their meat cute? <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. She's sticking him in the tummy he's, with his needle. He's, he's putting his uh, putting the charm on her, and she's all business. Like she's like, just get this, yeah. this dickhead out of my yeah. Sight. And, but and it's funny because he's, yeah, he's flirting with her, and she's not giving him a fucking minute of it. No, but she's intrigued. She was basically like not into him from the moment she walked in. Like she had none no of, time for him. I mean, he's still, she doesn't even let him finish the conversation. She's out she of there. Just walked out. He says goodbye to an empty door. But she's still, I mean, it's Leo. Well, later in the movie we learn, too, that obviously America's running around the Middle East mm-hmm. has a real-world effect on people, yeah, and even for this doctor or, you know, her sister and the family. I mean, obviously yeah, she, they have strong feelings about... His actions get her, her just the, the way that he, just because he's interacting with her, puts her in jeopardy. Right. And he, he, he realizes a little too late, and then she's, it's, it's, uh, she's all, uh, well, spoiler alert, kidnapped. Well, and yeah. she knows he's good with animals. <laughs> she gets it's a little uh he doesn't like that's as much as he gets bit and blown up in this the stomach shot looks like the most painful thing yeah. that happens to him and it looks pretty rough he does get his ass kicked quite a bit in this movie i mean he takes a beating in quite a few scenes yeah he does he does not enjoy himself mm-hmm. he spends a lot of time uncomfortable he gets uh he'll never be able to play uh the sweet child of mine ever again on guitar <laughs> speaking of yeah, really bad. It Guns shows and up Roses in the credits. At the, at you the could, you could just say list. any Guns N' Roses song. Well, but it's not. It, a, but it's not even. I think it would be unfair to call it Guns N' Roses. It's a, is it an original? It, well, you know, I didn't really zoom in. Maybe I should have. To be perfectly honest, a lot of times I watch movies with subtitles on at night, just mm-hmm. because it helps me stay awake. Because I'll just kind of better engage with it, like, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm watching the movie at night or whatever. And so the song comes that on. That really helps with the Red October. Well, it's this really like tech techno-y kind of weird like. Is Axel in there? Does he sound. sing? 
Yeah, and so right on the screen it flashes up Guns N' Roses singing whatever the name of the song is, and it's Axl Rose. It's very clearly Axl Rose. Yeah. That's during that period where he was trying to make it happen without it was, the I think it was that Chinese democracy or whatever mm-hmm. era, which, frankly, I never listened to any post-illusions uh, Guns N' Roses anyway, so I don't know. But Mind if I zoom in? Zoom in. Guns N' Roses is always bad. They always had a... So I think that you Super can, annoying. Uh, His voice is super they had, annoying. No, yeah, that, I think you, that... The, appetite's pretty good. It's pretty great. I hate it. But they had that album called Lies. Maybe that's the connection. That's like Ooh. kind of the... Remember that? I album? don't remember that. Lies? Fuck them. Yeah, I mean, so... Use Guns your illusions. I mean... Two. Guns and Roses aren't as great as a lot of people would like to think, but you cannot deny their yeah, influence in their... No, I think musically, I like them. I like I like Slash. I like, you know, but I just think his voice is always graded on me. Yeah. really bothered the shit out of me. Plus, he's racist, and that's kind Matt, of weird, Matt right? Matt Sorum? I mean, Jesus, fuck. Uh, is, he, is he straddling? You like him? He's a primary songwriter, and I left the band. That's, oh. that's, a, that's a common line on a porn set, too. You know, in this in, in Body of Lies, I think what, you know, I think I struggle with a little bit, even though I really do like the movie, is it does almost feel like the plot is somewhat inconsequential. Like, you know, yeah, it's going on in the background, and, and you know, we we touched on this earlier, uh, the first pass of this, but the idea that, you know, Russell's this guy, he's constantly lying, he's, you know, leaving Leonardo DiCaprio and probably many other CIA assets out to drive, he's just try- dry. He's just trying to get his mission accomplished. But ultimately, Leo obviously has the big lie that ends up causing a lot of mayhem well, the, the and you big, know, destruction. The, the big, the big plot is that they're trying to root out the like we said earlier up front. They're rooting out this terrorist that is undetectable. They cannot figure out who it is. They're trying to root him out, they're, and they're using any means necessary to do it. Crow is sacrificing all sorts of lies, and DiCaprio at the end becomes like Crow, mm-hmm. sacrifices an innocent person who ends up dead, and then all shit. Breaks loose. I, I, I kind of applaud how messy the movie. I mean, I, all the things that could be that structure wise, and mm-hmm. I guess what a film critique of it would be, would be as detriments are part of its charms. I just like how kind of it's a movie you could you know zip in, zip out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have a lot of weight, but it's kind of just a fun little. I uh, bought the movie moment. on iTunes a number of years ago, and I literally left it on my iPad. And I just will sometimes watch 20 minutes here and there if I'm traveling for work. It's just one of those I can just drop in and drop out of. So I, I definitely agree with that. In my mind, it almost feels like it's a part of a series or something. Yeah. Like maybe it's episode three and four of a 10-part series. And I think for me, you know, I, I do think that the movie would have benefited by being trimmed a little bit. Um, you know, Crow, that, Crow thought so as well. <laughs> Poseidon, apparently. Yeah. So it's a joke. I mean, yeah. they they what they should have done is left that in and taken out, you know, probably a good 20 minutes. I, I just think it could have been a little leaner. I think the movie would have benefited from that. Two-hour runtime just felt I mean, a little bit. was overweight. I will give you that. It could have been a little leaner. <laughs> they said they had to lose because right after this, they shot the mega hit Robin Hood. And so he had to drop a lot of uh, loaf for that, right? He had to drop a lot of pounds for that bad boy because he had to become, was he a fat Robin Hood? I never saw it. Was he I never chubby? saw it either. I mean, he was Russell Crowe. He had that stocky mm-hmm. kind of Russell Crowe look, but it definitely wasn't Gladiator Russell Crowe. That's a great name. Russell Crowe is a great. That's a great. That's a you know what's not a great name? Mm-hmm. Thirty odd foot of grunts. That's not that's a good his band. Name. Yeah, that's his band. Yeah. I wonder if he tried to put in for the closing credits of this. Well, uh, you know, and of course, my buddy Mike Patton, my favorite, my favorite man, Mike Patton, contributed to the music here, which made me happy. Hmm. And I think you hear a little bit at the very beginning, and then I remember there was a video or whatever. It was him and the guy from. System of a Down or something. Hmm. So as bad as Guns N' Roses is, at least they had the common sense to bring a gentleman into the mix. So at the end of the movie, um, DiCaprio is, is is taken away by the baddies, by this terrorist, mm-hmm. and tortured. 
A little. And they're going to... his fingers destroyed. They're going to murder him. They're going to behead him, looks like. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't happen. But how do you guys feel about how that the whole scene shakes out? Do you like that he gets rescued? Because I was feeling that maybe there's a chance here that he's not going to get rescued. Well, if we could back it up a little bit, I do think... I don't want to back it up. I want to do this. I want to address this. I want to back it up. I'm just kidding. You can back it up. Well, I was going to just back up to the moment where they're obviously having this sort of rendezvous in the desert and the the bad guys circle around, create the dust, so therefore the drones can't watch. Yeah, DiCaprio is desperately trying to find this... This nurse who's been kidnapped, they'll right. be willing to do anything, even to sacrifice himself, like give himself trade over to himself terrorists. for yeah. her. Right? They'll release mm-hmm. her, and he'll yeah. he'll take uh, her place. But as the dust settles, four maybe five cars go off in various directions, and there's that moment where Russell Crowe, back in the command center, basically just makes the decision not to pursue any of them, not to follow any of them. That he's in the wind or whatever. I think there's even some. So yeah, their idea here is that that DiCaprio gives himself over. And then they're gonna the the eyes in the sky her, are right. gonna follow the car they, with him in it. They're unable to do it because they they trick the eye in the sky. Mm-hmm. Poor eye in the sky. Yeah. Feel bad for him. Did they call it that in the movie? Or are you just saying that? I'm just gonna keep saying again. it. Okay. And I don't want to say drone because I think it might be a plane. I'm not sure if it's a. Drone. I think it might be a satellite. They're drones. Are they drones? they're drones? I think it may be a zoomed-in satellite. I think they're drones because that's why you, you would see it in the atmosphere. You don't normally. And see it's called eye in the sky. I think that's what they said. <laughs> I think Alan Parsons. Another Alan. Uh, and they kept saying, they keep going, like, uh, we've got Iron Sky. Iron Sky, good, good. We follow DiCaprio, but they don't. Okay. Iron Sky loses DiCaprio. There's no chance because they, they trick him. But that's what I'm saying is then from that moment on, DiCaprio's up shit creek. Right. Do you think they should have killed him? I mean, I, I do tend to think that nice. that would have been the better way to go. No, More yeah. realistic way. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it, it came off a little bit like... You know, sort of a not a MacGuffin, but just like, oh wow, here we are to save the day. It, it definitely had a, it was a little unearned. Yeah. yeah, he gets killed plenty of times. But uh, so this, what, what all has Leo been killed in? So we, you know, we know he's been killed in Django Unchained, of course. I mean, that was probably one of the more famous. Yeah, yeah he dies in uh, Departed. That's right. He Blood definitely Diamond. departs the. Department. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember Blood Diamond. He does. He gets. I think he yells in his phone. Does he die in Gilbert so Grape? It's important. Yeah, he does die in that. I think they actually. Uh, does he die mom, in the beach? He does die in the beach. You know he what? dies in Quick and the Dead. You want to fucking talk about a movie that's he really does aged poorly? The, the Beach. Go watch that. It's a dog shit movie. It's not good. The He's a real good. asshole in the movie. I mean, complete does he die asshole. In it? No, I don't think he dies. He does. Know. He draws at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie, he's not in it's it. It's a after dream. That. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not. He's just not in that. After no, he's he, a, he's he drowns a, at the beginning. Yeah. He 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 basically steals the guy's girl, then no. immediately cheats on her. That's not him. He, and then he, does he, basically sits next to the guy who just got eaten by the shark, just lays around in the sand with him. Uh, unless it's a weekend of Bernie situation, they're dragging. And they put him on the woods for three days, around. and he's, next thing you know, he's lost his fucking mind and is you know creeping around and playing. Um, the, uh, dies in Inception too. I think. Does he die in the Aviator? Yeah. What? Holy so, shit! He dies a lot. What, what movie? Die, what he movie? dies like twenty. He, does he die in Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think Leo may die in every movie he's in. Is there? Is there a movie he survived? Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. though. Is there? Yeah. What? Wolf of Wall Street. He did end up in jail though. Did he though? Revenant. Surprisingly. That's right. He, yeah, it's yeah. the movie he should have died eight times. He. He makes so, it. So the fascinating part about Revenant is we're going to talk about another movie later with a lot of butt stuff. But we talked about this at dinner earlier. The director of the Revenant had to come out we and don't need clarify. We don't need to lie. We talked about this. We recorded, guys. Time we, recorded. we recorded this and we had a technical <laughs> snafu, so we didn't eat dinner for six hours. <laughs> but but that 
basically, they had to come out and clarify that no, Leonardo DiCaprio was not raped by the bear in The Revenant. So and I just think that that's important about our culture. No, let that me, that's where a lot of the viewing population's brains went. They saw the they saw the bear scene and they thought that he got raped by the bear. They thought he got raped so by the, the bear. And so, you had said earlier that the direct the director came out and clarified that 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 was not he did not mean to to to, to express that that was. I can I can kind of understand why though. Yeah. Because there's that scene early on where like the bear slips something into his drink in the tent. <laughs> I, I did not see the Revenant, but I'm I'm want, I wanted to watch that scene. I know the scene is very You've never famous. Seen the Revenant? It's a cool movie. It's a good movie. It's it's got some great stuff in it. I mean, it's not an easy watch. I've probably watched it twice, and you know, it's just a bleak movie, but really, really cool. That opening sequence too. You know, the uninterrupted shot. Right. It's like a fifteen unbroken. You like Will Poulter? Unbroken shot. You like Will Poulter? Yeah, you know I do. Okay. Will Poulter was ran off the internet after Bandersnatch. Yeah, well, that's sad. Uh, you know, you know what? What did y'all think of Bandersnatch? I didn't, I didn't you didn't do, do it. it. Loved did it. you do it? It was good. You, Which you, was, you, what was I, your I sucked at it. What I was got, your ending? I got killed every time. Really? I, didn't, I didn't make it very far. I, I chopped my dad up, and and my game was like an A plus, but uh, then I ended up in jail. So no, because I feel like it was a win at the end of the day. I had to watch it on my iPad because my Apple TV wasn't high tech enough. But but going back to Body Lies, I like the end. I like the end. I like the end because he leaves the business right. And the last, the last scene is fucking priceless. And, and you know what happens when he leaves? He uh, leaves. He goes, Russell Crowe goes, no, but he's done. <laughs> but he's done. But I think it's kind of neat. At the end, they say, what do you need? He goes, I just need a shit in a shower now. <laughs> no internet. No internet anymore. Yeah, he went off. Don't he need disconnected. it. Yeah. Did, do you think, let me, guys, let's hit the big one. Zoom in. Do you think he gets back together with the, the girl at the end? Because it looks like he's ambivalent. He's going to approach her, then he looks like he's not going to do it. What? If me, he was no, smart, no, no, no. he'd leave her the fuck alone. That's no, what. No, no. That's why he I fucked think, her life yeah. up. He, he he backed off. That would be my guess. I feel like he did. Although it looks like he's gathering treats at I, the end. To I get, think. Give I think. To her. At the end, he leaves something at her door. She 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 knocks. She 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 opens up. He's not there. Little matchbox waiting for her <laughs> on the ground. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Bone. Little Oscar Isaac treat. It's <coughs> a very sweet ending. Yeah. I, I no. I like it. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's solid. It's different. It's a nice. Little weird curiosity in Ridley Scott's filmography. So it's so, it's just so not brought up. It's just not mentioned. But I wonder. How do you know? I wonder in a way. Like I wonder if it's you don't know shit. How it plays now as opposed to back then. I wonder if it plays better now. It's in know? revival houses all over the damn country. People watching so? the shit out of this movie. Ridley Scott is so like he he you know he loves everything about about what he's done. I wonder how how he feels about this one. If it's like, it's like it doesn't get his due. You know something like that. It's not. Well, he does. Does he love Blade Runner? Because he keeps fucking he with it. He loves Blade Runner, yeah. He loves... He always talks about, like... When it, when he talks about his career, he talks about the Holy Trilogy, which is Alien, Blade Runner, Robin Hood. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do they keep making Robin Hood movies, Nick? They, you had posted public something the other day good, on Twitter. Just good this, question. Just garbage yeah. bullshit that they keep recycling. That's a good question. King Arthur. You know, it's the same shit. Peter Pan. I mean, who needs this shit? Who needs more? It's a, it's, it's a nightmare. I mean, uh, can you imagine what will happen? Uh, hopefully, we'll all be dead. But when like all that Warner Brothers like cartoons and all that shit like fucking di- like all that starts going public domain, what a nightmare! I'm I'm scared. I'm scared about that. You scared? Yeah. I mean, I I just don't like I don't like. I mean, we it, if you think about this, there's only a certain formula that's applied to almost everything. There's like only a few archetypes that every film is based on. Yeah. So for them to keep regurgitating stuff is just annoying, and then I'm fucking super scared. I'm scared. You're nervous about it. When battery's not included as public domain, <laughs> we're fucked. We're fucked. So before we go, 
Um, we have a segment that we actually, it's good that we get to do this because what we have, we have a segment where we randomly pick a movie, but not a movie, Brown Wall, but not a movie that we, that we think has a lot of good moments. We just throw a movie out there randomly mm-hmm. and we just, off the cuff, from the cump, we just talk. We just like kind of throw some shit onto it. Mm-hmm. You know, Brown Wall. Throw some shit on it. Yeah, so not a new movie, some old, something from the vaults that we would never do a, a movie microscope about. Okay. Anything come to mind? Poseidon. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see it. Uh, I didn't see it either. Actually, it's all a little bit on TV. I mean, I know Kurt Russell dies. I'm just kidding. Everybody dies except maybe Josh Lucas. Yeah, he climbs out at the top. And the, whoever Emmy the, Rossum uh, lives. Whoever the female Nobody's is. killing yeah. Emmy Rossum. Emily Rossum. Mike Vogel, I think, is in that film, maybe, too. So I was going to say The Ghost in the Darkness. All right, that's a good one. That's, that's perfect. Movie, right? And it's actually pretty damn good. And it's got Val Kilmer and in it. And it's Stephen Hopkins. Yeah. Val oh, Kilmer's in that. And Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Who else? A bunch um, of African people. But is there... Yeah, that one dude, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. He was in Gladiator, right? No. Is that him? But yeah, it's a fun little movie. It's actually on Amazon Prime. I watched and, it Andy Serkis does Alliance? Chris Kattan Chris in it. Chris Kattan. Great. He's really good. Plays one of the lions. Yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> It's a well done little it's based on movie. a true story about these lines that kicked serious ass and one of, killed one like fifty people. Ghost and one's called Darkness. Right? Yeah, that's right. And those in those lines to this day are actually in the Field Museum in Chicago, stuffed and on display. So you're, if you're ever in Chicago, you can go look at those. Really, the real life. Yep, they, they stuff the zooming in on that one. Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah. yeah, so it's a true story. It's a you know obviously not quite how it was made out in the movie, but uh, as they were building the railroad in this part of Africa, these man-eating lions, and it's you know whether they killed fifty or two hundred people is obviously in dispute, but uh, uh, they were hunted by this uh, one uh, army colonel, whatever they call these people in the British military, and uh, yeah, so they 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 were stuffed. They were in a private collection and then donated to the Field Museum. So if you ever see two stuffed. Lines in the Chicago Field Museum, they're the ones that killed Michael Douglas. Oh, he does, not it? He doesn't. He, doesn't, he does not make it. He doesn't it. make it. I did not. Uh, I don't remember little moments in that movie at all. I remember the tap dance sequence. I never There's saw There's some it. fun stuff. There's this like skinny little, like, kind of wimpy British guy, and he, they make fun of him a little bit. And they go out in the woods and they fuck around, and, you know. I know the actor you're talking about. Yeah. I never he was s- in The Mummy, I think. That's right. Yeah, that's I it. never saw that movie. I never saw in the darkness. Who directed it? Stephen Hawkins. Hawkins. You said that, okay. So that movie was actually did on space. video when I was working at Videoland, where Nick and I first met back in 97, 98, or whenever it was. And we would just watch that a lot because it was PG-13, and we you know, we could watch movies in there, but they had to be PG-13. So that one would just be on play because it was a new release or whatever. So I watched it quite and a And Kilmer's quite good in it. Yeah. I mean, they're both good. Douglas is hamming it up a little bit as the tough hunter. Yeah. Trying to... But Kilmer is a star of it. Yeah. Yeah, Kilmer is sort of the star of it. He's the young up and coming. Uh, and uh, Tom, uh, what's his name? Brady. Uh, no. Hollander. Uh, no. Um, Hanks. God, that great actor. He was in Snatch. Um, oh, Tom Vinnie Jones. Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson's in it, and he he basically sends uh, what's his name down there, Val Kilmer, to get that shit back on track as the train's running behind schedule. <laughs> So stupid. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> well, I guess that's a wrap. <laughs> I have to watch this movie, and I'm sad that I know that Michael Douglas dies. 
I would have been rooting for him. The funny thing is, is like he doesn't like they don't respect Kilmer if I remember correctly. Like they don't respect him because mm-hmm. he shoots. Does he? Kill no, him? he 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 kills, he kills a lion, right? And they love him, but he's he, so the, jaws. He does it the first day or it's whatever, like and everybody loves him. And then the lions come in and just absolutely fuck the whole camp up, kill half of the guys. Or is whatever. Kilmer in glasses in this? Does he wear like specs? Yeah, he does wear glasses in him. Yeah. He takes them off because they. I think they mock him out now that if I'm thinking about it, you know, for being a pussy with glasses. Oh God. Yeah. That's not fair. So the you lions are running around and you can't wear your glasses because they don't think you're cool. You know, I like I like perceived as weak, right? That you guys hang on to that mention of Val Kilmer because we're going to be there's more there's more to that in a future. Do you episode. think Val Kilmer? Let me zoom in. I don't know if you guys heard he's tough on sets. People don't like working with him. Do you think he was tough on Ghost in the Darkness? Not at all. I think he was a he was like a. I think he was great. I think he was fantastic. I think him and Douglas remain friends because they both had the same actually cancer. They did. I think they are still friends because I think whenever because they both had the their throat, throat cancer, cancer, and I think that Michael Douglas helped kill him around a little bit, hmm. at least. You know, I mean, you, are you zooming in? I'm not zooming yeah. in. I'm supposing in. <laughs> but uh, did, have they worked together on anything else? I'm not sure. Was Douglas in Real Genius? <laughs> <laughs> Was he in the the Island of Doctor Moreau? Oh man! Let's zoom in. We should do that. One. I kind of like some there's of that no, movie. It's hard. To, there's no. I mean, it's an interesting movie. It's a weird fucking movie. It's hard to watch. Richard Stanley. He, he no. Richard Stanley was on that movie. He wrote the script and he was on the movie for like three days and they fired him. Frankenheimer? No. Um, no. It's sort of. It, maybe it is Frankenheimer. It might have been. It might have been Frankenheimer. They brought someone else in. They fired Stanley off of his. Own movie and they changed the script and they the only reason that people made the movie is because they loved the script so much like everybody loved that script and then Stanley the big story was that he snuck back on and was in the movie as an extra like right and, and he like, is it a documentary on. right there was a documentary yeah. that came out yeah and Stanley just Richard Stanley who is a very fascinating person to me it just is finally after all these years doing another movie with, he's doing a new movie with Nicolas Cage Lovecraft yeah. a Lovecraft oh movie. that's right yeah yeah he hasn't about that Stanley yesterday. hasn't worked. I mean, he hasn't shot a feature film since. Maybe that. No, he yeah, he freaked the fuck out. He did hardware. That. He did. He, he did dust up. Dust devil. He did a little bit of this, and then he got fired. But I think he did documentaries, basically. Yeah, some short films and, and documentaries, wrote. Yeah. And he's written scripts, but he's never been. They, yeah, he's just a fascinating dude. He's a strange dude, but smart. So I'm glad. I hope it doesn't fall through. I hope he actually makes that. It movie. needs a budget, though. This, that, that, I mean, it's never a weird story. It needs a budget, though. People, like I said, the people love that script of that, and I don't, the movie that we got with, mm-hmm. um, was not the script that he wrote. Right. Like they, yeah. I think they rewrote a script. It's a perfect movie for a remake, though, because the original is not great. It's kind of an interesting idea, but the original, I mean, my dad made me watch it when I, he didn't make me, but we watched mm-hmm. it when I was little, and it was one of those movies that kind of creeped me out. But you could see there's a lot of creative shit left on yeah. the table, mm-hmm. and then they did that movie with Marlon Brando. I saw that in theater. The best thing about that movie. I know. Is that mini mini guy? Yeah. Little sweet man. Little small dude. Little husk of fucking charred Marlon bullshit. Marlon Brando is <laughs> off the hook in that movie. He's absolutely nuts. What do you call a little Marsha? Marsha? Husk of charred bullshit. 